Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to another episode of Basement Banter. Happy Thursday or slightly less happy whatever day you're listening to this because you didn't listen to it on Thursday when it came out. Shame on you. <laughs> um, this week, I wanted to talk about sports betting and kind of give you guys a little, uh, a little, I guess, not really beginner's guide, but kind of go how I, my thought process about sports betting. And I actually am not terrible at sports betting. Um, not a professional sports better. I don't think there is anyone that's a professional sports better. The only people that are professionals in it are the people that hit like one big bet and then just write their book, uh, The Art of Sports Betting. There really is no art to it. Those people are just full of shit. And there are things that you could look out for, and I'm going to give you those. But I'm not going to sit here and say every single one of these is going to make you millions of dollars. You want to be living in Las Vegas with me, poolside, women all over the place? Then you got to listen to me and buy my sports book. No, uh, not doing that. Uh, but I will give you some good, uh, good beginner tricks and things that you should be betting on uh, because it's very daunting. I remember when I first got into uh, sports betting, uh, it was like a few. It was maybe like my freshman year of college, sophomore year of college, and it's very. When you look at the, when you actually look at a sports book. It is very intimidating because there's a you could bet on just about anything in the game, uh, especially in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, you could bet on the color of the Gatorade. You could bet on what the heads and tails and so on and so forth and what the announcers are going to say. Uh, it gets absolutely outrageous. You could even bet on the election this year, funny enough, on uh, certain sports books, which is kind of funny. And you could bet on debates. Um, but we're not talking about the, the debates or whatever, betting on the election. I, I wouldn't really do that one. Um, but I, I want to talk about that this week because we have such an obnoxious amount of sports going on right now. And, well, I can't really say obnoxious because that two-month spell back in, like, March where we didn't have sports anywhere in the world. You couldn't even – you could watch, like, Bulgarian soccer or whatever it was. There was, like, one league that went on. Uh, because the there was some health official in some country that told everyone that, that I forget what it was something ridiculous that the 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 health official said that um, you you couldn't get that the that the coronavirus couldn't get you in whatever Eastern European country it was uh, whatever vibes it was there but. Uh, that was about the only thing you could watch. So I can't really go out there and say, oh, uh, an obnoxious amount of sports right now because it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing right now. And I can't even think about what I was watching in that two-month span. Um, I know a lot of you are watching uh, the, that stupid uh, documentary, the, the Tiger King or Lion King, whatever it was. Um, yeah, I know. I bet a bunch of you are just perked up in your chairs right now because you feel personally attacked. Good. Um, maybe next time when everyone on the internet is talking about a show, don't feel like a sheep and have to watch it. Find your own fucking show. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't know. I, I would never watch it. The, the, everything about it. I was thinking about watching it, but then, you know, once everyone started talking about it, it alienated me because I'm that kind of obnoxious person where everyone all of a sudden is tweeting about it and everyone's making memes about it and this and that. I was done with it. I didn't want to sit and watch it now. My family was watching it, didn't want to watch it with them, and they asked me why. I said, because everyone in the world's watching it right now, so therefore, I don't want to watch it. Um, I know some of you are saying that's an asshole move. 
and it probably is and uh not even like not an asshole like mean you're saying i'm an asshole like i'm a try hard or a hardo for <laughs> for not wanting to watch it and you're probably right uh but at the same time I don't need to hear about some lady who allegedly murdered her husband and fed it to the tigers or whatever the hell people were accusing it of and uh, whatever. There was there was a bunch of crazy stuff that I, that that supposedly went on in it. But I'm not here to talk about Carol Baskins. I'm here to talk about sports betting. Um, so I have a list here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss with you. I'm gonna give you all some personal tips. You don't have to don't have to go out and uh, buy my tips of the week or whatever it is that everyone always does. And uh, you know, you always see people on social media buy my tips. The worst people are the ones. This is kind of off topic once again. Uh, the worst people are the ones those YouTube ads. I started out with a thousand dollars, and now I'm worth two million dollars in stocks. You know exactly which YouTube ads I'm talking about. Fuck those people. Um, but no. Uh, so, yeah. So, whatever. I'm just going to give you some tips. And, uh, yeah. So, we're going to dive right into it. But uh, real quick first, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, my friend, Matt Caputo, who actually I did a radio show with back at when I was at Stockton for the year. I'm sure I've talked about it before. Um but he started his podcast back up as well. So if you want to also listen to sports all the time and not want to hear me talk about uh, whatever the hell I talk about sometimes, you know, I always talk about ridiculous stuff. Uh, his show is called Two Minute Warning Show, and he flies uh, solo right now. He might be looking for a co-host. I don't know uh, what his journey is with that. I know he had a bad experience with his last one. Uh, but Two Minute Warning Show, he discusses uh, sports year year round. And if you're tired of me talking about drinking or me answering weird questions about Dwayne The Rock Johnson, then uh, you should go and listen to that one. Um, all right. So to dive into it, that's, that was my little, um, not even really an advertisement. Matt gave me a shout out on his podcast. So I felt it was only fair that uh, I show him some love on this one because he's like my, uh, whatchamacallit, my... Um, not like uh, he was he was like my uh not mentor but he was the person that really twisted my arm to get into uh doing like stuff like this and i'm sure some of you were thinking fuck him for putting me through this every week that's okay all right so the first one i have is football obviously because my favorite sport is football um that's the one that i feel most comfortable betting because that's something that i've played my whole life uh, it's something I've been a fan of my whole life. It's something that I follow very closely every year, fantasy football, um, watching football. I coach football. So not, I mean, I coached youth football, so let's not, let's not give myself too much credit and, uh, mislead you guys that as if I'm some, uh, I was some great coach, <laughs> um, but th whatever, whatever it is, it, I did football is the sport that I'm the most comfortable with. So that's the one that I find myself betting on the most. And since we are in football season, why don't we just start with that one? Because why not? Um, so the one thing that I've noticed when, especially when you're in states where sports gambling is legal, the, the number one thing, uh, the first piece of advice I would give you is avoid those odds boosts because you sign up and then you get, I think you, you usually get really good odds with some of the specials that they offer right off the bat. And you probably will win some money off of those because I'm pretty sure they give you some really good odds. Uh, a piece of advice to you is that after you do that one, I would just stick to normal, like each game going on that and avoiding the odds boosts. I think when this season started, I was so in a frenzy of betting 
and so happy that just football was back because I didn't think it was going to come back. Uh, the one thing that I really was heavy on was betting those odds boosts. And uh, for those of you who haven't yet been in the uh, gotten into gambling yet, good for you. Um, <laughs> first off, uh, but for, uh, for those of you who haven't gotten like an account on DraftKings or FanDuel or something like that yet, um, what I mean by odds boost is uh, every week they'll offer, um, and this isn't just for strictly for football. This is across all different uh, sports, um, whatever different sports uh, events. Um, they'll offer, say, like for football, I'll just throw out a random one. Um, Cam, say, like the Patriots were playing the Dolphins. Uh, Cam Newton and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to combine for over four and a half touchdowns. Now you look at that and you're thinking, oh, four touchdowns? Oh, the Patriots like to pass the ball, or oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, really likes to sling it. Uh, I'm going to do that one. Uh, most of the time, they don't hit. And uh, the biggest piece of advice for any sports thing is that Vegas knows best. So you, most of the time, you're going to get screwed with that one. Um, so I don't think I've. I think I might have hit like one one time. I've I've hit an odds boost. So uh, my my real rule of thumb with any sport that this could kind of be applied to any sport is avoid the odds boost that they give you and just stick to uh, the actual games. Now, the other thing that I was going to say in, uh, in the NFL um, is that I love because they use with NFL with the difference uh, between the NFL and some other sports is you only get uh, one team to win or one team to lose. Uh, I know in like other sports, it's like uh, with golf, it's like different. Uh, like you could fin you could bet on them to finish first top five, top ten um, and different odds with that. In soccer, you could bet win, loss, tie. Um, and then etc uh with with the nfl you only get win loss and it's very rigid so the uh, the odds are either really good for the underdog or uh pretty pretty lame for the favorite so what i like to do is if there's a few games that i'm really confident with i will parlay the favorites so what i mean by that is that if the uh packers are playing the lions um if the you know um if the Baltimore Ravens are playing the Giants and the, I don't know, if the, um, whatever, really good team, insert really bad versus insert really bad team. You just, you could just take a bunch of them and then combine them together and you get some decent odds. So you could do like the Ravens to beat the Giants, the Steelers to beat the Eagles, and then um, the, uh, the Seahawks to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and each of those might be minus like 300 each but when you combine them together you could get whatever like plus plus 120 or plus 150 or something and you actually would make yourself a profit now when you're when you you know it's a lot better than betting oh I think the Seahawks are gonna win and they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars who are garbage right now this year uh at, and you could get it at minus 200 you bet like I don't know. You bet like ten dollars and you win five or whatever it is, and you don't really. It isn't really worth the risk because then, if they lose anyway, then you lose ten dollars and you wouldn't have made any money either. It's not really worth it. So if you combine them all together and you're pretty confident, uh, you make yourself a lot. It's a lot better to turn the profit, and you're also not being a complete moron and doing like a parlay of a bunch of underdogs, which I have done before. Sorry for the water. Um, 
Uh, but I have done that before where I was an idiot and I'm feeling real confident. I'm like, oh, I'm going to just bet a bunch of the underdogs and it never hits. Um, that's like, you, you, I guess you learn as you go along. Uh, so that's like if you want to make a decent amount of money on that, like if you if you could bet on like the the Chiefs, Seahawks, and uh, like the Ravens in a week, you could bet, and you it could be like plus like three hundred, and which is pretty good odds, and you could you know bet thirty and win ninety or. I'm not good with math, so if I'm completely off, I'm completely sorry <laughs> with with the with the multiple with the multiplication. But the higher the plus is, the better. So throwing like three uh, favorites together in a parlay is probably better than betting an underdog sometimes uh, if you're confident in it. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is uh, a lot of what you're seeing in the past couple of years is you're seeing actually a comeback of the run game, which was gone for a couple of years and a lot of teams were pass heavy, which teams are still really uh, like air raid um, offenses. But if you have a team like the the Cowboys, which this year I would advise against it because, as you see, without Dak Prescott, they have they didn't look good against the Cardinals. Uh, they didn't really look that great when he came off against the Giants that a couple weeks ago. So that's a bad example right now. But say like um, say like the Steelers, who like to pound the rock when they're when they're within their own twenty five yard line, or the the Titans, who love to run the ball. Uh, another thing that I like to do is I like to bet on uh, running backs on these real run-heavy teams to score two-plus touchdowns because you usually get very good odds for that because it's it's a great day for any player when they score two touchdowns. Um, but when you're you know when you're the Tennessee Titans or the, you're the the Steelers and uh, they have a favorable matchup, then you you a good idea is to throw on uh, throw on the uh, the running backs to get two plus touchdowns because usually you have pretty good odds with that one and you know you could do that with the quarterbacks as well but that you don't really get as good of odds with that one because it's kind of expected for quarterbacks to put up pretty big numbers and throw for maybe one to two touchdowns a game anyway so like if you know like it isn't like a it isn't a jaw-dropping thing when Patrick Mahomes throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but when Derrick Henry runs for 150 yards, two touchdowns, that's a very good game. And while that's something that seems pretty normal for Derrick Henry, you still get decent odds for that one. So that's the one thing that I also like to do with the NFL. Um, with college football, college football is a whole other monster because the difference between the NFL and college football is that in college football, it's, I mean, if you watch a Clemson game, they could hang 70 points in a game like nothing uh, because sometimes the the matchups are just so, like, you pray for the teams beforehand. Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech you knew was going to get slaughtered last week against Clemson. Um, there's times where, like, Oklahoma's playing some, like, random no-name team from Texas and they just throw the ball so much they end up hanging 60-something points. Um, so the one thing that in the NCAA, even more so than actually betting on the winner or loser straight up, is uh, over-under in the spread. Um, so, um, which one we'll call it? So, like, say, uh, say Oklahoma's playing uh, Texas State, and they're minus – it's Oklahoma minus 24. So in that case – they're giving Texas State 24 points already. So if Oklahoma doesn't beat uh, Texas State by 24 points, then you lose the bet. However, more likely than not, you're going to get probably like 
minus 100, which is fairly just like you bet $10, you win $10. Um, you could, um, whatchamacallit, you would, you would want to bet on that opposed to just betting on them straight up because them against Oklahoma, or Oklahoma versus Texas State, you'd most likely than not would have Oklahoma minus like 1,000. So um, over, under, and spread is uh, the one thing that you're really looking for when you're betting college football. And more likely than not nowadays, um, with SEC games, when it's, a, when it's like Georgia versus Alabama, more often than not, the under probably is the safer one. And it obviously is, differs with every game, so I can't say that. But more likely than not, it doesn't really matter what the over-under is. Usually, Vegas has a, has a fairly good idea of what the, the amount of points scored is. And more likely than not, the whatever uh, number they offer, the under usually is going to hit because they have very good defenses um, versus when it's um, Oregon versus uh, Arizona State the over is usually going to hit in that circumstance because those teams don't really have defense while they always are slinging the ball. Or if it's uh, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, uh, it could be the over-under could be 90 points, and I probably still would take the over because those games, you could, you know, that was, uh, for all of you football fans, Patrick Mahomes threw for like 600 and something yards and still lost um, against, I believe it was, Oklahoma or Texas like uh, a few years ago um and he put up he put up over 600 yards and he still lost which is absolutely ridiculous um but that just goes to show and he threw for like an, I think like eight touchdowns or something absolutely crazy and it's whatever that that's like but that's what I'm saying is that when you actually go and you are watching these events you know Pac-12, Big 12, sometimes ACC, the over. And then when you're going SEC, uh, Big 10, usually probably I'm someone who goes under in those usually um, because it's just uh, Big 10 and SEC are known for their defense while Big 12, Pac-12, ACC offense. And uh, the other thing that I was going to say is there's usually teams that I've found from just watching a lot of college football uh, there's teams that you could see and you could look at their schedule. They're going to be good for at least one ep- upset every year. And the one team that I always pick to do an upset, and I, I I probably throw like a couple dollars on them every week whenever it's like a big, like whenever it's like the, the game of the week on ESPN, maybe not the game of the week, but one of those primetime slots, Iowa State. Iowa State is always good to break the heart of some Big 12 school, whether it's Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Oklahoma State. They're always good for one upset during the year. or uh, So that's the one team that I always say. And the other thing that I was going to suggest, there's always those middle of the, those like middle of the ground uh, ACC schools, uh, Syracuse, Pitt, um, Syracuse, Pitt. Uh, there's like... I'm trying to think. There's another one uh, that is escaping my mind that you are like and like Virginia Tech, like those or Georgia Tech sometimes like some years, not this year. Uh, but those are schools that you could look at and they're always good for one upset during the year. Um, but it's all of them combined for the uh, ACC. Oh, Iowa State, I will tell you, 
each year always has at least one big upset. If you go and look at their their football seasons from the past couple of years, their schedules, they usually have at least one big upset every year. Uh, always a very gritty team. Even for college basketball, too, they're a team that I like to bet on for doing a big upset every year. Uh, I'll get into college basketball in a little bit, but... Um, yeah, Iowa State football always has a big upset. And then uh, I kind of clumped together Syracuse, Pitt, and uh, like Virginia Tech or uh, Georgia Tech. Like those schools are always good for an upset. Uh, the other one I was going to say while we're in the ACC is I always like to fade Miami. Uh, Miami always is so overhyped year in and year out. It is ridiculous. I do not get They're like the Atlanta Falcons or. Um, uh, which McCall? There's another and uh, Mi- uh, Michigan State in basketball. Those teams are always like, oh well, we wouldn't be surprised this year if they end up pulling out and sneaking into a playoff spot, or they don't, they make it to the Final Four. Whatever it is, never bet on Miami football. Miami football never actually lives up to the expectation. Never bet on Miami, never bet on the Atlanta Falcons, never bet on Michigan State because I promise you, you're going to be disappointed. If there's a team, say like Miami's playing, uh, I don't know, say Miami's playing something out of conference game and for some reason it's like the game of the week, Miami got uh, matched up against Notre Dame. And there's always those years where they're like, oh, well, I think that Miami's definitely going to pull pull this one out and beat Notre Dame. It's they're gonna lose. So don't listen to people saying Miami's gonna win the game. Don't do it. This year I saw they were ranked in like the top ten for a couple of weeks, and then they obviously got their shit kicked in when they played a real team. Do not bet on Miami. That's all I'm saying. The you don't do it, or you will be stupid and you will be sorry and you will be out of money. <laughs> so don't do it, please. For my sake, don't bet on Miami anytime. It is never appropriate to bet on Miami. I would rather bet on Iowa State every week than bet on Miami because they're always, always on the verge of collapse. Um, all right, so that's it for for um, for football. Whenever I have like a second of when I'm not talking, just know it's that I'm taking a sip of water because talking for however long I've been talking dries out my mouth. So. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. If uh, you keep thinking that you uh, you lagged out or something, it's just that I'm taking a sip of water. I figure I should just lay that out there. Uh, I'll touch on baseball real quick. By the time you guys could probably even put in a bet for baseball, the season's going to be over because the uh, World Series is currently happening. But this could be a good piece of advice for when you actually decide to, or whatever, when next season comes around. If you decide to bet on baseball. Uh, I'm not a big fan of baseball, of betting on baseball, just because the season's so long. Uh, and I'm kind of feel the same way with basketball, but I'll get into basketball very shortly. Um, but with baseball for me, um, the one thing that I suggest is pitching, 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 pitching. Uh, you always look at the pitching matchup. Um, you pay attention to which pitcher is pitching that day. You don't look at just the team. You don't go, okay, Yankees uh, are playing the... I don't know, the the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yankees are definitely going to win because if they have someone that might not be their most consistent pay, uh, pitcher, 
uh, shout out Big Maple. I don't know what his first name is or what his real name is to begin with, but I know whenever he's pitching for the Yankees, they're going to get absolutely shelled. So the one th- piece of advice that I'm going to give you with baseball is uh, the pitching. Make sure you're paying attention to who's pitching in these games and don't just look at the teams and don't look at like this and that because even though, yes, um, on paper the Dodgers are a lot better than, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, it could be that one pitcher who's not their their go-to guy pitching that day and the Pittsburgh Pirates just have the hot bats and they put up, they just absolutely shell the Dodgers. While as if, say, the Yankees are playing... uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, which is kind of a bad one because they're pretty good, the Milwaukee Brewers. But just say the whatever. Say the Yankees are playing a, a team that's on a down year and uh, Garrett Cole's pitching. Then more likely than not, the Yankees are going to win that game. Uh, same thing with the Mets. You usually would never bet the Mets. But if uh, Jacob DeGrom or Noah Syndergaard's pitching, then that's a, a game that you could look at and potentially throw money on because – uh, the Mets may be underdogs in the game, but if Jake DeGrom's pitching, he might th- let up one run. I know usually uh, for you Yankee or uh, for you Mets fans, it's, I know it's usually the bullpen that lets you guys down, but that's that's what it is. So as long as you're paying attention to the pitching, it isn't as much of the bats. You can't really depend on, uh, you know, you can't be like, oh, well, uh, this guy that just got called up for the Yankees is going to be pitching against the Rays, but we have Aaron Judge and uh, John Carlos Stanton and Glaber Torres. We're going to put up eight runs, no problem. Then, you know, I mean, you're shit out of luck, and that's kind of a bad way to look at it because the person might get completely shelled. So pitching is the absolute, is the law when it comes to betting on baseball, in my opinion. Uh, all right, so that's what I just want to touch on real quick because you're probably not going to even be able to get in any worthy baseball bets now. And also, it's the World Series, so that isn't really uh, – if you if you haven't bet on baseball before, this wouldn't really be the time to do it, in my opinion. Uh, the next one I have is basketball, and my thing with basketball, whether it's college or uh, professional, uh, don't be afraid to bet on the upsets. And it's going to be the same thing as I was talking about with baseball. The season's so long that it isn't like football, where every game is like you're gonna like claw the other person's eyes out to win. Um, there's just some of those games where you could be the best team in the league or the best team in the country. And, you know, last year, uh, Kentucky lost to some school that I don't even think is in the, the, um, like the, like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like they aren't in even any conference. They're like a, like the Chuck E. Cheese, uh, the Chuck E. Cheese, uh, conference there they were playing in and they lost to them. Uh, Duke lost to San or, uh, what was it? Uh, Saint, like Saint Francis or um, uh, something? It was. It's a. It's a South. Um, it's a. It's a Texas school. Uh, the name escapes me. I think it's. I think it's. It's SF uh, or um, SFU. I believe it is the Lumberjacks. They made a run in the tournament a couple years ago, um, but they they beat Duke last year and Rutgers actually beat them. So shout out Rutgers better than Duke last year. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's never it's never. I mean, I wouldn't suggest doing those games because those more likely are not our long shots. But those those conference games um, in college basketball, don't be afraid to bet on the upset every now and then. Um, and then in the NBA, just about any night you could bet on an underdog and it could happen. Uh, I know. Uh, a, f- a lot of people like the live bet, 
because in uh, in basketball because sometimes you'll have uh, teams go on like a like an eighteen and zero run and all of a sudden uh, Duke will be down to uh, to I don't know Virginia Tech by eighteen points with in the going into the eight minute like whatever like halfway through the second half. And then all of a sudden, you are like, oh, man, like I don't know if they're going to win. And the odds will be really good for Duke. And you know what? Duke has a lot of, usually has a lot of really talented players, so that wouldn't be a bad bet to throw on. Uh, so live betting for basketball isn't bad just because those runs, they, the game swings so much. And uh, I always am, for me, I always like to bet on the underdog. I remember a couple years ago when uh, Loyola of Chicago made that big run in the tournament. I bet on them every single game. And I didn't, I didn't parlay it because, or I didn't like bet the future of them to go to the final four, but I bet on them every single game. And I made like, I mean, I think I made like $250 or something, just throwing like $15 on them every game that they were playing. And they ended up winning like all these different, all these games. And, uh, if they won, if they beat, uh, if they beat Michigan in the final four, I would have won like another like $200. Unfortunately they didn't. And then. Uh, Michigan got absolutely clapped by <laughs> by Villanova. I can't stress they got clapped anymore clearly because they got their doors blown off. Hopefully all those people stop playing basketball after that one. But uh you know, you could you could ride those underdogs especially in when you get to tournament season. Uh you can make a lot of money in that first round just throwing on a couple of underdogs on a shaky team. Maybe the 16th seed is playing Michigan State. I would throw my my life savings on that one because Michigan State is a certified choke every year in the tournament. I can't stress that one enough. If you're in the, if you're in tournament season and you see that uh you know, the uh, community college of uh, Burger Town is uh, playing Michigan State. Throw like 50 bucks on Burger Town because they might actually upset uh, Michigan State because they're always that big of a choke job in the tournament. Uh, but basketball is, it, is once again, is it, is it, it, it's pretty wide open, in my opinion, with betting. As in football, it's pretty rigid. Uh, you never really want to bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. You never really want to bet against those those uh, top-tier teams in the NFL. Whereas basketball, uh, just on a random night, you might be like, you know what? I think the the uh, San Francisco or the um, Sacramento Kings are going to beat the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. And it, it's a pretty fair chance that it could happen. So uh, feel free to bet the underdog in basketball, in my opinion. It's such a long season. Uh, you, they're due for one. Every team is due for one. They're always uh, due to lay an egg at one point in the season. Uh, football, usually it's, you know, you're not going to bet against Alabama. You're not going to bet against Ohio State or Penn State when they're playing a smaller school. But in basketball, you could get away with it. So uh, I'm big on that one in um, in basketball. Uh, over, under as well. Uh, especially in the modern day basketball where I feel like each team is putting up over 100 points every night. Um, it's always fun to bet the over-under. Uh, I, I tend to stay away from individual stats with games. I know some people like to do that, and I don't, I, I don't know. that. I, that's, like, that's when you get, in, I, in my opinion, when you start betting like, oh, I think this person's going to get this many rebounds, this many points, uh, over-under assists on this one. That's when you start getting a little like, all right, maybe you should put the phone down and stop gambling for a little while. <laughs> um but I think uh, underdogs and over under are a must when you're when you're betting basketball, especially college basketball. Uh, NBA, it isn't as exciting because you know load management. Uh, there are some players that don't play in certain games, so like 
you know, they you might be able to steal one in the season, but then also LeBron wasn't playing, so it wasn't as rewarding. Um, but in bat in college basketball, like I said, they're they're always due for an upset at one point. Uh, so I like to throw on underdogs when I'm doing uh, college basketball, especially since sometimes the odds will be so ridiculously uh, crazy that it'd be kind of dumb not to throw like ten five dollars on it. Um, so that that's like my opinion on on basketball in general, uh, underdogs and uh, over under always. Uh, and then um, yeah, so those are like the three main sports that you really want to be betting on. I don't I don't really the next couple I do throw on on certain occasions, but the the top ones are the ones that if I'm gonna make a bet, I'm usually gonna those are my go tos. And then uh, but the next co- I'm gonna talk about three other sports that I like to bet on. Um, so if you, if you're like, Oh, I don't really watch baseball or basketball or football. Uh, the other one that I like to bet on is golf and with golf, you versus basketball, uh, feel free to bet on the person that is the, is the favorite, you know, Dustin Johnson in uh, whatever Dustin Johnson in the masters, you want to bet on him and he's maybe the favorite. I, I, once again, don't, don't quote me on that because I don't know if he's going to be the favorite. He probably isn't, uh, it might be like Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka. Uh, the favorites to win the Masters. That's the I believe the next major that's on the uh, the list, and it's in November. Uh, with you could you could bet on any person in the field, and it's going to be great odds. Uh, what I do with uh, golf is I like to throw a, like a little bit of money instead of doing fifteen dollars on just Brooks Kepka to come and and win the Masters. I like to throw like money on Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, five dollars each because each of them will have such great odds. Uh, my dad actually bet on Brooks Kepka, um, not Brooks Kepka. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau to win the last major, which was the U.S. Open, um, a couple months ago, and he won five hundred dollars on him, and he was maybe like the third favorite or fifth, like in the top five favorites, and he won five hundred dollars. Um, when uh, Colin uh, Morikawa, I believe his his name is. Um, sorry for absolutely butchering that one, uh, but he was he was a huge underdog when he won uh, a few months ago. Hold on, I'm trying to look at his name so I could see if I, yeah, it was it's Colin Morikawa, and uh, he won the PGA Championship, and he was a huge underdog when he won it. Uh, he was like plus, I don't even know what his odds were. He must have been, I think, like plus 10,000 or something. Uh, it was something absolutely like would have melted your brain if you saw the odds on him, and he won. And you know what? Then like the next week he was even, he was like maybe one of the favorites to win the U.S. Open, and his odds were still like plus 700 or something ridiculous. You're going to get the favorite of each of these tournaments, and it's going to be really 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 like good odds so uh with golf you're you're pretty good wherever my my it isn't even the the golfers that i'm saying uh my thing is is that i like to sprinkle it and you you could get you get good odds across the board because you could bet on brooks kepka you could bet on him to win you could bet on him to place in the top five or you could bet on him to finish in the top 10 and each one, the the you obviously it isn't as you don't get as good of odds betting Brooks Kepka to finish in the top ten, but I mean that's a pretty good shot of it happening, and it's still gonna be like plus four hundred, uh, you know, because it's a, if it's if they have a bad day, then all of a sudden they drop off. But you could you could make a lot of money in uh, on betting golf just from just because the odds are so well, and if you you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket, 
You know, it isn't like uh, it isn't like football where it's like, all right, well, I definitely think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game. It isn't like you have to pick either or. You could you could sprinkle it across the board, and more likely than not, some of those top guys are going to come in and and win it. So, you know, just throwing five dollars on a couple people, you'll make some decent money uh, for golf. And then for fighting, I'm not a big fan of fighting. Or uh, not fighting. I'm I'm not a big fan of betting on fighting. I like watching it, but my thing with when you're betting on these fights, especially UFC. And this might be me being a little biased because I got absolutely screwed <laughs> the last time I bet on a fight. I bet on this guy that was I had him in a parlay that was a shoe in, uh, or I had a, this guy in a parlay, and the guy in the parlay was a shoe in, and everything else was hitting. I was feeling real confident of it going through, and the so it came down to like this was like the second to last fight in my parlay, and the guy was like a, a lock. Everyone was saying this guy's a lock. So he went to go and step up to throw his first like punch or like something like he was like in the first couple minutes of the I think in the first couple seconds of the fight, he went to step to punch the guy and he twisted his ankle and fell to the ground because his ankle hurt. And then the guy got on top of him and punched him three times and the fight was over. And just like that, I lost. I was so close to the parlay being good and then poof, gone. Because that was like uh, Josie Aldo was such a high, uh, just such a heavy favorite against uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, like, what was that? Like six years ago at this point, uh, seven years ago at this point. But that was when Con- or Conor McGregor was just on the come up. And Josie Aldo went to throw his first punch, uh, whiffed, and then Conor McGregor got him in the chin and knocked him out cold. So I'm not really a huge favorite of fighting just because of stuff like that happens all the time. Um, but the more likely than not, in my opinion, when you're betting, uh, fighting is you stick with the favorites unless you really watch fighting and you study fighting and you know, uh, you know, like you're never like Khabib, Khabib is fighting this week. And, uh, the other guy, I mean, this is a, a different occasion because, uh, Khabib and the other fighter, uh, Gaethje are both, uh, champions. So it isn't the same this week, but even though more likely than not, Khabib's still going to win. Uh, there, there are fights where he fights that aren't this main event fight. And, you know, he's fighting some guy that's like the number three contender. Just be the smart person and bet Khabib. You know, it isn't like basketball that I was just talking about or uh, like baseball or uh, like even football where something could go wrong. More likely than not, these people train every day of their lives and are pretty good at their craft. So unless, like I just said, barring some crazy instance where they twist their ankle while they're stepping to the person or whiffing on their first punch and getting knocked out cold, more likely than not, these these people that are the favorites, more likely than not, are going to win. Barring some real big main event card, where or some um, sorry some main card where uh, the people in the in it are the, like pretty f- evenly matched up, but when you're going through like the um, prelims and uh, or what is it the undercard in uh, UFC and uh, and then uh, like the beginning of the main card. Uh, you usually have those fights where it's a trap because it's like the number one contender versus the fifth contender. And they always like to throw in, oh, well, this guy is a black belt in kickboxing. So he has a fairly good shot. 
I always just stick with the favorites because they, they, they like to hype it up, and then all of a sudden the match or um, the fight starts and the guy gets knocked out cold. The guy who's the uh, challenger in these situations gets knocked out cold because the person's so much better than them, but they're mounted up because obviously the people that are commenting on these fights and the people that are setting these fights up aren't going to go, yeah, well... You know, uh, this I don't know why we made this fight. This guy's going to beat the shit out of him. It, it's always going to be like, oh, well, these guys even match up great. And the odds are probably then all of a sudden you look at the odds and the odds are staring in your face where it's like, oh, this guy's plus 1000. I'm going to throw some money on him. Don't do it. Don't do it. In my opinion, with fighting. It's usually the people that are at the top of the uh, division and the people that are the champions of the division are there for a reason. Um so I like to just stick with the the favorites. Even um, there was that fight uh, Costa versus uh, Udesanya, the uh, the style bender versus that guy from Brazil, Costa, who was the the number one uh, contender or the second contender in that uh, weight class. They were hyping that up as if that guy was going to knock him out. And I was like, okay. And I threw money on the guy that was going to fight Adesanya, who is... Um, Israel Adesanya, who's, I think, like, whatever, 19-0 or 20-0 at this point, uh, he's ridiculously good. And for they, the, you just fall into the trap when you're watching these ESPN promotions or when you're watching these people doing interviews. They always like to make it seem like it's a lot closer than it actually is. And then all of a sudden the fight starts and the guy got knocked out or choked out in, like, the second or first round. And it really wasn't even that good of a fight, so... Uh, my my rule of thumb with fighting is usually the the people that are the champions are a champion for a reason. So barring uh, barring some person that is absolutely an anomaly, like uh, not even Conor McGregor was a few years ago, but like you know um, John Jones making his comeback or uh, Khabib and those these people coming, like you could tell they're like they're really coming up the ranks. Or and John Jones is. Uh, John Jones's uh, situation where he got his shit together for about two months before he fucked up again. Uh, Barring those rare anomalies in the under, like where they're underdogs technically. Like John Jones, whenever he fought Daniel Cormier, you knew John Jones was going to win. So, in my opinion, with fighting, they're champions for the reason. Um, so like it don't just, if it's, unless it's like the big event, like the one where you go, like there's like everyone packs the bar to go and watch, not now, obviously because of COVID, but, uh, you're going to say, say now you go and you pack in your friend's basement to go watch this fight. Unless it's one of those events, I tend to stay away from it because the underdogs and those are usually traps otherwise. Uh, and then lastly, the one that I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, soccer. I, I got into soccer a couple years ago. I know my dad's going to hear this one and be like, oh, soccer. Uh, um, it's, it actually is money to be made with soccer. And the reason behind this is that there's such a big gulp or a uh, gulf or whatever. There's a big gap between, I don't know what word I was trying to go for there. Uh, there's a big gap in uh, in talent when you're going with, uh, like say, like the Premier League. Uh, Manchester United versus that's actually Manchester. I'm not going to do Manchester United because they aren't doing too great this year. Uh, Liverpool versus um, Brighton Hope Albion. Brighton Hope Albion have a transfer budget where they could bring in players of about like 10 million versus Liverpool who have hundreds of millions of dollars because obviously they have won a lot of big, uh, big competitions over the past couple of years. So they have a lot of the best players in the world on their team. So when they're playing a team that has no has a bunch of shoestring uh, 
on a shoestring budget they have on their team, then more likely than not, they're going to win. So what I like to do, and on top of it, you're thinking, all right, well, then they're going to be complete favorites. It's not going to be, well, I don't even know why I would touch that game. The thing is with that one is that when you're betting on soccer, there's three different odds. There's win, loss, draw. So you get better you get better odds in those. So what you what I like to do is I like to if it's uh if it's a certain you know because obviously there are certain weeks where they're playing they're they're pretty evenly matched up the uh teams. But there's certain weeks where you'll look at the uh I don't know what the 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 whole the week whatever it is and you look and then uh there's Manchester City playing uh Joey Baloney's club that has no one in it. And then you have Liverpool playing a team with no real talent in it. And then you have um, Chelsea playing a team that has no real talent in it. You could parlay them and still get pretty good odds. Uh, so that's something that I like to do in that one. And also, if you're really confident your team's going to win, what I like to do is I like to parlay the team. Uh, I like to bet the, t- the favorite, and then I like to go in, and then I like to bet the amount of goals scored. So if you have a team... Um, like I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like if you don't really know soccer too much, that's why I save it to the end. You could just turn it off because you just turn this off now because this is what the last like couple minutes are gonna be. So uh, for all of you now who are interested in what how to bet on soccer, so you have a team like Arsenal who has uh, a really good um, striker who's gonna more likely than not be the one that scores the goals for them. You could bet on him to score two plus goals. Uh, I bet on it last year in the um, the FA Cup semi-final i bet on the guy uh pierre emmerich Aubameyang to score two goals against uh against manchester city and for uh arsenal to win and i won like i bet ten dollars and i won 150 dollars off of that one and you knew he was going to score but the you know arsenal and man city match up pretty well so at that point you're just kind of going off of uh who you think's going to win um how the teams have been playing the past couple weeks uh, you know, like you could see, um, you know, like uh, right now, for example, uh, Chelsea has been playing very badly, uh, but, you know, they're still going to go in. They might play um, they might play uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers um, next week, which are like a middle of the road uh, Premier League team. Uh, they could go in and completely drop the ball. They could go in and tie the game or they could go and lose the game um, more likely than they are to win the game because they haven't been able to play well and then it screws with their confidence and then the coach tries to mess with the lineup and it makes it even worse. So it's a pretty wide open thing uh, when you're betting on uh, soccer if you just do a little bit of research. And uh, my thing is is that usually you could find a, a, a week because in the top five leagues in uh, the world of soccer, like in European soccer, where you really want to be betting, you don't want to be betting on like uh, the Chinese Super League or, you know, uh, like this, like a Brazilian league or something like that, where no one really knows much of the players. But when you're betting on these bigger leagues, uh, more likely than not, or not more likely than not, there are usually at least three solid teams in each league. So you could, there usually are uh, weeks where the stars align, where you have the top three teams playing pretty crappy uh, competition. There might be one game that's a toss up, but you could parlay those games and you, instead of it being either one or the other, you now have three different things that are uh, on the table so you get better odds. So that's what I think. And then also the other one that I talked about was the the goals. So if you have a team that has one of the best uh, strikers in the world, uh, every now and then just to throw on him to get two goals on a team that's maybe 
that isn't that great. You know, if they're if uh, say like uh, Bayern Munich's playing um, Werner Bremen or whatever Werner Bremen, which is a is a pretty crappy Bundesliga team, and then uh, Bayern Munich have Robert Lewandowski, which is the best striker in the world. Then more likely than not, he's going to put up two or maybe even three goals. So you could get very good odds on that for him to score two plus goals, and it probably is going to happen. So that, that's my uh, my rule of thumb with with soccer as well. So uh, that's it. So that that's it. I talked about. Uh, I gave you one, two. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I gave you eight different uh, sports to bet on. College, uh, combining like you know college football and professional football, then college basketball and. Uh, professional basketball i give you eight different sports that you could go in and bet on so if you're if you're new if you're you're new to betting then i hopefully have given you somewhat of a fair shake of what you should be betting on and not listening to these these uh, fucking hardos on twitter or on uh on tv that are think that they're hot shit and you know when, it, when it, at the end of the day sports are very random so don't go don't listening to whoever the hell it is on that you're following on twitter don't go and listen to this guy that you saw on an ad on youtube saying that he's going to make you three thousand dollars a week on sports betting it's pretty random so the best thing that i could tell you is that if you're a fan of the sport just do your research and you'll you'll know the matchups i wouldn't just go in blind and throw in random money on games but you know there are there is money to be made on upsets uh, and it's pretty fun, you know. Don't go, don't be an asshole and be spending all of your money on on betting every week. Maybe you want to spend, throw ten dollars on a game or something, and then you go from there. You and you you keep making money. My rule of thumb is is that I'm very conservative with my betting on my bets. I'll bet very small amounts of money, and then if I end up making a lot of money, um, accumulate a bunch of money in my account. Then I'll do like one like $50 bet or maybe I'll do like a $100 bet if I'm feeling real ballsy. But for the most part, it's like $10, $5, $10, just to make it uh, just fun for me to watch. And that's what most people should be doing uh, because you could be spending your money much better. And if you want to be making a lot of money and you want to make quick money, then maybe get into the stock market uh, or get a better job. <laughs> um, but anyway, I hope this helped you guys out. Uh, thank you and have a good one.